Welcome back. You're now listening to part two of the two-part episode with Uncle Joe. So you, you mentioned how you guys went to New York. So for those on the podcast that uh, are listening and don't know about our guest speaker, he's been all over the country. And world. And world. Yeah. So tell, tell us what it's like. I mean, I've been across the world, too. Yeah, you've been. A couple of times, but uh, here, let's look. That's a good question. Everyone here actually What's on your, the what, podcast what, what, what was today your favorite? Have, oh, sorry. What was on. your favorite country? I was like, that's the that's the number one question <laughs> everybody asks. Yeah, like, it's just automatic favorite yeah. country. Well, I feel like it's just a good um, simple question. It. The funny thing is that is actually the hardest question to answer. Yeah, it's probably, it's, it's, a lot it's of places like, are. Well, it's wonderful. the hardest question to answer, but it's a well, good it's a good question to ask. It's a simple question. Yeah. To ask. I mean, it's simple, Good, yeah. I mean, realistically, <laughs> every country is different, and they have their own, you know, it's like people. Everything has their own personality. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, the place the place we always miss the most is usually Japan. Um, but I think that's because, you know, personally, we have a connection to it, being that we're descendant. Yeah. But um, we love going to Malaysia. Um it's cheap, it's affordable, it's fun, it's safe. Everyone there speaks English. As what, what's, which is, I can't talk. Which I always find is so surprising. For some reason, I always well, like, well, well, British Well, Victor, call. well, Joe, oh, Joe. Okay. Joe, you, yeah. know Vic, you know Victor. But Victor's they from have Malaysia. a whole other language, too, though. Yeah, they have Malay. Yeah, so they, they Malay. just teach two languages? And well, yeah. They, they also, a lot of them also learn, uh, a lot of them oh, also okay. learn Chinese. Like, yeah, like, yeah. They learn Northern, Kanto, right? Yeah, it's Canto. Yeah. Um, northern, uh, uh, northern Malaysia and the part that's attached to Asia, uh, where Kuala Lumpur and that is, they do have a lot more Chinese, especially when you go further north. Technically, Malaysia ejected Singapore from the Malaysian Federation after they gained independence from Britain mm-hmm. because they were worried about losing their majority Muslim government oh. due to the Chinese influence in Singapore. Mm-hmm. So basically, they ejected Singapore. Ironically, that probably turned out worse for them. Singapore ended up becoming a richer nation than them, and it's a city-state. <laughs> yeah. But um, the, uh, the southern and the other island of Malaysia that shares with Indonesia is predominantly uh, Malay and uh, very Muslim. And the weird part I didn't know is Indonesians and Malaysians basically speak the same language. I didn't realize that it was pretty much the exact same language. Oh, that's so with a little bit of dialect difference. Don't do Indonesians have their own language or is it Tagalog? That, that's no, Filipino. It's, it's, uh, Tag- oh, Tagalog, Tagalog is Filipino. Tagalog's Filipino. Tagalog is Filipino. I, I mixed up the Filipino Tagalog. from Indonesian. Yeah, no, yeah. no. Indonesian and Malaysian is basically almost the same language. They're very, very similar. Huh. So, and I've only been to Bali, so I've never been to anywhere else in Indonesia. But which is super from I, from what I hear, it, like Malaysia or Bali, like they're super cheap. Bali is to... not because it's a tourist attraction. Really? Yeah, yeah. I think all I the Australians, all the Australians go to Bali. Tons of Australians. Really? Go, yeah. yeah I, all the white I, people you see are Australian. So huh. I have love Bali. a bunch of Twitter friends, and they're just like old, a bunch of old people are like, "Oh, good morning. I hope you have a good day." Everyone tells me Twitter's really what's the word like toxic and whatever. It is. But all of my Twitter <laughs> you're on, you're, is you're on just like, you're on like. Weird old old people like Twitter. I know she's on old people Twitter. You're, you're, just anyway, like your customer service, you're so, in this bubble. So all bubble of my Twitter. so all my Twitter friends Twitter wrong. are like Canadians. Oh my gosh, yes. Uh, so those Australians. Are, that's who you see in Malaysia. If you see a white person, they're going to be Canadian, Australian, or occasionally like Russian slash Eastern European. So there there are no Americans there. So and if anyone sounds American, they're Canadian. Yeah, so all my Twitter friends from Australia always go to Bali. They're always like, oh, I ended up making it to Bali finally since it's been so long, you know? Yeah. And, like, they talk about, like, how much they like Bali. And, um, yeah, so, so it's just interesting. So we've lived in Hawaii, but you've never been to Hawaii. I've been to Hawaii. You've been, been to Hawaii, Hawaii yeah. Oh, yeah. He okay. was so I've been to, Hawaii to Hawaii before us. We've been to Waikiki and... and yeah. uh, Did you island hop at all? Did no, because... So apparently, I didn't realize, but yeah, apparently at one point through the shady government, whatever things, it used to be you could take boats. 
But then they oh, basically yeah, made it that. so environmental impact or some BS reason about no. it. They basically made it you could only fly. No, so I was not going to pay that much money to fly from yeah. yeah. one to another. So. Yeah. Um, how would you compare Hawaii to Bali? Um, Bali is poorer. Really? Obviously. Yeah. By a lot. Um, Bali is... Bali is not the United States. No matter how bad Hawaii can be in terms of being different, it is still the United States and it feels that way. Uh, Bali does not. Mm -hmm. It definitely, definitely... There's a lot of people that live on a tiny island. I think it's over 3 million people or something like that that live on that dinky island. Oh, really? Yeah. That's way more than... Um, How big is that island? It's not big. Because it's just a tiny Hawaii is 26. Uh, Indonesia's Hawaii got over 200 million people. I mean, it's a across. big population country. But there's just a bunch of islands. Tons of islands. I think it's over a thousand islands. I'm not sure exactly. But um, Bali, it it's tropical. It has a tropical feel, obviously. Mm-hmm. But it is it does not feel like the U.S. Mm. And also, they don't speak as much English as Malaysians do, and so it's it's tougher. Oh, okay. I mean, it's cheaper in some ways. Like, we rented a guy that drove us around in a van for, like, the entire day. It cost 30 bucks. Yeah, that's, that's significantly cheaper for <laughs> yeah, the whole I'm, day. Like, and he just sat around and waited. Like, we went into a mall for a little bit. And, like, he just sat in the parking lot sleeping in the car waiting for us to come back. And That's, you know, that's and cheaper it's, than just driving around yourself. Like, you could just <laughs> rent a guy. <laughs> no, like, I know. You just rent a guy. And he just comes, picks you up, and takes you wherever you want to go. And, <laughs> yeah. How much is, how um, much is gas there? It's cheaper than here by a lot. And I wondered that I too because Malaysians make almost no money compared to Americans. I mean, you're talking, they make at like minimum, it's so unbelievable. Like cheap. $4? Mm-hmm. No, I'd, I'd say they're probably sometimes only making maybe $1,000 for a month? like a couple months. A couple I mean, months? Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, it's a Joe, totally Joe, you know, who should, you know who we should try and get on our podcast? Victor. Cause, uh, sure. Huh? Sure. We have a he's friend who's sure. he's okay. Oh. Yeah, we have a friend who's from uh, he's from Malaysia and he's yeah. a student here. Yeah, and yeah, they just they're. I mean, everything is cheap for us in the U.S. dollar. It's like a fourth of the price basically. But the problem is that's obviously evident by the fact that you know their wages are much lower. Yeah. But I've always wondered, like, I could get a Grab, like, which is basically Uber, but in Southeast Asia, and like we would get a Grab. It's a dollar twenty-five. See, that's to so drive low. us within a certain radius. Yeah, that's so low. A dollar twenty-five for a person to come get you and drive you somewhere. Mm-hmm. Like Heather always gave me grief because um, I would be oh. too cheap, and I didn't because I'm like it's it's only like within a mile. I'm like let's just yeah, walk there. She's like it's, it's eighty degrees and ninety percent humidity. It's, it's a dollar fifty. Let's just pay. To get I know, car. but I could have just walked a mile. The worst and part half. is, is they're so bad at navigating streets. Malaysia is terrible. They have one-way roads everywhere. Oh, so it's like you terrible. look on a map and you go, "Oh, well, it's just right there." But no, that's like, why if you just walk a around. mile and a half, it's just the amount of times I've driven around the entire city of Kuala Lumpur because somebody didn't understand that all you had to do was take a turn here and go that way. It was unbelievable. Google, Google cannot make sense of Asian cities. It. It is. It struggles in Japan. It really struggles in Malaysia. It's wow. It's unbelievable. But yeah, Malaysia's nice. Um, Bali's okay. Uh, you know, we've been all over Europe. Mm-hmm. Um, What's we your... just we oh. just got through living in Poland when the pandemic hit. Mm. Um, that and... felt Soviet esque. Yeah. <laughs> what was your favorite country in Europe? No. What? what was your worst fa- worst con- what was the worst country in Europe <laughs> or anywhere you've been? Italy. Italy was the worst. It's the drivers are insane. Really, it's a fucking insane place to drive. I was so stressed the whole time. It, it going into a roundabout there is like it's like water of cars being poured in and hoping you don't come out hitting something. It's it's like roulette. It, it, no, it's just. <laughs> You're gonna get hit, and and I don't know. It's everybody dresses really well though. I know. I think you said when you, you st- had a layover in one of the airports. No, you said I, I was, was at. Looking. I was at the airport in Rome, and uh, I was flying out to Croatia, and uh, I was like, I feel like I walked into a catalog. <laughs> 
And we were in the budget <laughs> terminal, and I'm going, even the, even the security, I'm like, these people look like models. Like, I had some yeah. chick that was like, uh, the, you know, just a TSA agent type of person. I'm like, she looks like she's a model. What? What's with the security here? Everybody's dressed so well. It was, it was just bizarre. Um, was there anything besides the traffic in Italy that you dis- disliked? Everything, everything in Italy, Heather and I joke about it. Heather's my wife. Um, but um, we joke about the Italian philosophy of, like, eh, it's okay. It's okay. And it, it's just, if there's... And I've talked with other Europeans about this that I've met. And it, it's, it's just kind of this attitude that it's like, oh, this restaurant will be doing really well. And they're, they're like, people are always waiting and they want, they could expand. In the United States, what do we do? We open our yeah, franchise. Yeah, we open a new We open one. more. Yeah. We open more. We expand. You know, in Italy, eh, it's okay. You know, that's all you do. If something's broken, eh, it's okay. The, 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 unless it's an espresso machine. They're very serious about espresso. <laughs> I cannot even kid you about that. But, really? No, that's not They have to joke. get their coffee. It's not yeah. okay. Espresso. And espresso must machines. be done a certain way. Huh. But but they just they just adopt this mentality that it's just it's okay. So it's like, oh, you know, that doesn't work. Eh, not a big deal, you know. That's fine. Um and it drives me nuts. I can't stand it. I can't stand the inefficiency of it. I can't stand I, not I wanting to like change something yeah, for the better. Yeah, and, and because of that, it filters into customer service. If things go well, yeah. it's fine. If things, if there's any problem, it's like, eh, you'll be fine. And you're like sucked there, and you're like, oh, what am uh, I gonna do? What am I supposed to do? Sometimes yeah. I felt like that way in Hawaii. I felt like people had the mentality. That it's- I yeah, feel I feel, it's like- a, I feel it. To be honest, in my experience, as the temperature average increases in a country, I actually feel that's the mentality. That starts to be adapted. I was in Costa Rica, same way. Like no urgency. Just, there is no urgency. Yeah, I yeah. don't understand that. But then I, it kind of makes sense if you think about it, because if humans have to worry about the climate changing and they need to have to stock up or store yeah, but up, we have, we have to like heating and things like that nowadays. I know, but I don't. You think this goes back to our earlier conversation? Like all of that, like past memory or dna or mm. say evolutionary it's probably, psychology it's probably an evolutionary psychology there. thing yeah where yeah. it's like it's like a survival more, thing like yeah. if you don't have to worry about surviving over a winter then yeah. you just kind of and, well and think about it in the tropics as you know like in, yeah. in hawaii and then also in malaysia every plant has food yeah you'll never go hungry yeah exactly. I mean, even in florida there's trees growing in the middle of like the interstate. I know yeah, you can right. pick oranges off the side. Yeah, of the road. yeah. There's, there's, there are oranges. There's just citrus there fruit. With food. And, and in the tropics, it's even more that way. You go to Southeast Asia, and there's just every tree's got food. Yeah. And there's food everywhere. You know, you can't grow vegetables or crap. Yeah. Because there's too much water, but there's fruit everywhere. Yeah. So there's just something. That and so can... it's like, what are you gonna do? All you need is literally like, and you, you drive through areas, and it's the same in Costa Rica. You drive through areas and you see, like, it's just corrugated metal roofs because it rains so much and it's so effective and it's cheap. And it's basically just people just chilling a lot. People Mm -hmm. chill a lot. And you never have to worry about starving as long as you have a place to live. Yep. In a shack. Yeah, yeah it doesn't you have to be. You don't even need like yeah. heating or. And you guys know that, like in Hawaii, yeah, there's that need... whole section of the island that's like a homeless camp. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's over. Yeah. And obviously, I mean, you know, there's a reason why there's a lot of homeless people in San Diego too. You know. Yeah. Uh, it's climate. Well, well, I thought about Las Vegas a long way. time ago. Would I be homeless in Utah? Heck no. no. Like homeless in Utah sounds like even... terrible. Even mm-hmm. like last night, it's like this it's morning, like it was 10 degrees. It was 10 degrees this morning it's, when I went to throw garbage outside, and I was like, Holy yeah, crap, like we're, it's 10 you're degrees. You're near San Francisco, so oh, it's no, a I'm, cool. not, I'm not near San Francisco. It snowed the other day. He's, he's oh, closer, to, he's closer, closer to, to Bakersfield. LA. Oh, Bakersfield, okay. so there's, there's, but I live up on the mountains. Like yesterday, the lowest temperature was 19 degrees. See, but that's still even warmer than it is here, but you're technically in more of a. He's in you're in a different, yeah, yeah, you're so in a different. Yeah, we, we get, we get, like a, we get all, like we get all seasons. Like you know how like a lot of Californians like they don't get snow. Yeah. Like here we get uh-huh. snow, so yeah. we get. And they get a lot. We get a like four. We get, inches, well, because you got the Sierras inches. right there. Yeah, we get a lot of snow. Yeah. yeah. 
And it's really, it's, it's nice, but it also sucks, because I remember during high school, we have, like, we have a high school, like, how, um, how, how schools, like, in, like, the oh. nicer, warmer areas would be where it's all open. All outdoors. It was horrible. So you have to walk to your, yeah, yeah. so I would have to walk across campus outside, and it's, like, 18, <laughs> it's, like, below freezing outside, and it's, like, this sucks. <laughs> You know what? It's funny that you mentioned that, and and with the world travel, I remember when I went to Bali. Our one our let's see, our first hotel we had was this Japanese inspired one. It was just all open, like the reception areas. There's no doors. Yeah, it's yeah. and I'm sitting here baffled as a Westerner and as an American, going, so you can never ever close. <laughs> but then I realized after COVID hit, I'm like. What did they do? Well, it's like, like the, the casinos in Vegas. No, but didn't they close. have doors. They have, I know, so they actually, they had got, to actually had to padlock yeah. them because they normally don't lock or close. Yeah. But I'm like, what did these people do? Like all these hotels and resorts and that, like they're just open. Yeah. They're just these huge open spaces, and so it's like people start taking lawn chairs and like, like what the heck do you do? Well, the schools in Hawaii, they're all open. Like all the little elementary schools, they're just all open. But, I mean, the actual classrooms have doors, so they would just lock those, but, like, anyone could just walk through the area. Yeah, so, see, like, and then even then you get uh, tropical storms and things like that. You generally don't get hurricanes in that part of the world or typhoons in the, in that part of Indonesia, so you don't have to worry about it. Mm-hmm. But there's still storms that come through occasionally, and you end up with rain, so they kind of have these little weak shutters they pull down. But... It kind of makes me wonder, like, he's talking about his high school, and it's, like, in an area, what, did they just figure, because it's California, that, they just leave it, it open? It's so it's so stupid. Like, and it's a, new high, it's a newer high school, too. Like, well, by newer, I mean, like, maybe, like, It must have been 15, in, like, a, 20 years. a district that yeah. was outside of the mountains. Yeah, <laughs> so, why did they decide to do that? Because they just pre-bought some sort of... Because you know how Riverton High here... Oh, yeah. ...has... That same blueprint has been used used oh on multiple gosh. high schools. Yeah. They probably did that in California. Mm. They commissioned yeah, one type of high school. Yeah, it's and it was like an open oh, campus. Area. And, then, yeah. and then they threw it and it's over outdoor into campus. Hatch yeah, like Arbor, because like, I I, I did I lived in Pennsylvania for uh, during so- my sophomore year of high school. So and it was like, well, during high school, I guess like up until junior year, I was used to stuff being indoors because like I lived in Utah for a, a year. For, and then so everything was indoors for the most part for my classes and everything yeah so i was fine and it was fine because it was cold and then i moved to pennsylvania classes were still inside there was like a, a four-story building that had uh-huh. all the classes yeah and then i come back to call like my hometown in california and going to high school and i was like this is terrible <laughs> <laughs> I think it's what Uncle Joe says. It's probably some sort of like design. I also that they agree bought, too. And then they just put it and built it there. It's just like I they were like... thinking about the teachers and the students. They're like, well, we already bought this uh, blueprint, so yeah. Yeah, it, why it, should it, we it's, spend it's money to get it? It's only nice. Way? It's only nice like for the first two months of school, and then like the yeah. last two months of school. Then the rest of the time, it's horrible. It's either <laughs> too hot or too cold, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, that's funny. I know it's like here in Utah. Our our the high school we went to didn't have air conditioning because it was mm-hmm. such an old high school, mm-hmm. and so it was something that they had to like just open up windows mm-hmm. for something. And here in Utah, it stupidly gets to like a hundred degrees plus. Yeah, in yeah, the it's, northern it's like, part. It's 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 ridiculous because it's like how it is here. It's like it gets it'll get super cold here, cold. but then like during yep. summer, it's ridiculously it hot. Crazy mm-hmm. hot. Yep. Yeah, I remember it, like we had the three, we had a building like in the middle that had like three floors. Wasn't yeah. it three? Yeah. And then like it would always be so hot on the top floor. Oh, the, the top floor the was top so floor bad. The top floor was just hot during and you the just, summer. Everyone like, opened not the even the summertime, like, like late spring before school was out. And then at the beginning of the year, it was just like oh, it was so brutal. hot. brutal. And then it's Utah weather because we're in the mountains. It's unpredictable weather patterns. Yeah. And so then you'll get like this heat spell all of a sudden in like the middle of October. Right, right. And so one day all of a sudden they fire up boilers because it dips down to like the 20s and mm-hmm. we're freezing to death. And then all of a sudden like they've got the boilers and the heaters running. And then all of a sudden 
the next two days it's like in the 80s or yeah. something and the heat's blasting yeah it's, you're oh like my oh my gosh they're melting inside the building yes. and more it, so the inside and than like, outside well we can't turn off the boilers because that costs money so just we close the vents and open the windows so like that's cheaper right <laughs> No, our school was funny. It was also on like a sinkhole or something. It was slowly sinking, wasn't it? It did sink, actually. Recently? No, or, I yeah, it, a back, long time ago. Yeah, a while it sunk ago. And then they rebuilt it. Yeah. And, yeah. So. Good stuff. I definitely feel like the whole temperature thing with people being relaxed is a thing because when I lived in Hawaii for the year when we moved there, Something about there not being a winter. Mm-hmm. It's feels, kind of crazy. Or it, season like, imp- weirdly, Just a it's slight like season change. It's like impacts your mental in a weird way. I feel like it does. Right? It does, especially when especially, you're there for years. Also, weather's the same. Yeah, weather's the same. Oh, it's look! Like, I got up in the morning and, and it's, it's this sunny, temperature and, and it's, it's this. this temperature. Or you wake up at this time. The sun comes up at this time. And the sun always the goes down time, at this yeah. time. It's yeah. always the it same time. It really change. I mean, changes a little bit. The funny thing is, is all of us, even Dakota, like we've all. We all live or have grown up in four-season climates, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. like very distinct seasonal climates. And so that we're talking about the difference that it feels. Like I felt the same way when I was in Kuala Lumpur the first year I was there. And I was like, every single day was the same. I, yeah. They don't even have a weather service, I don't think, because there's <laughs> no weather to predict. They don't get hurricanes. They don't get... like. I think it's going to be flooding. sunny outside today. <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically, it was always the same. It was there in Kuala Lumpur. It was always, it was about 80s in the morning, sunny. Then storms would roll in, the in afternoon, and then the dump a bunch of rain that you've never seen in your life. That much rain, and then all of a sudden it would clear up and be crazy muggy in the evening, and then repeat. Huh? And because it's near the equator. The sun rises and the sun sets no matter any time of day or any time of the year, the same time. The same time. Yeah, that one's probably way more consistent. the same. And it felt weird after months and months. I was just like, and we spent two Christmases, I think, over there. Wow. And I'm sitting there going, you're you're seeing Christmas decoration. Because they, for a Muslim country, they absolutely love Christmas. Really? Yeah, yeah. that's interesting, The amount of Christmas stuff they have there is ridiculous. Ridiculous. That's really weird. I know for Muslim and also yeah, Chinese, you wouldn't. But they love it. They decorate everything. Huh. But um, you see all this Christmas stuff, and you're going, doesn't feel like Christmas. There's Santa running around in his <laughs> super hot outfit because it's like hot as fuck out here yeah. and humid. <laughs> But, um, That's crazy. See, you were even closer to the equator. I know the Hawaii, we'd have like a little bit of like a time change. Yeah. During like the winter time, but it was like like slight. It was like maybe an hour, maybe an hour. It wasn't very much. I remember. And then, and then I remember everyone who was local was just like, whenever we got to January through March, they would be like, "Oh, it's so cold." It got down to like no. No, I'm not kidding. They're like, oh, it's 70 today. It's so cold. And they I'm put like, on jackets, actual jackets. And they jackets. put coats. No, they put parkas on. <laughs> and I'm like walking around. I'm like, I wear a tank top and shorts every single day, even during the winter time. You know, you're like you're and, like Robin on uh, How I Met Your Mother. <laughs> oh, this is this is like <laughs> this is swim weather here in and Utah. We would, I would go swimming. I would go swimming degrees, in the winter time, and 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 David. Like one of the my coworkers, he'd be like, he'd look at me, he's like, Sakura, you went swimming today, and I'm like, well, yeah, I went swimming today. He's like, oh, and he has his coat on. He's like, too cold. It's too cold today. He's like, I'm like it's not even cold right now. I'm like, seventy degrees is not yeah, so, cold. So, seventy degrees is nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seventy degrees. I would love seventy degrees. That's like perfect, right there. Once you get into eighty, it starts feel, to get yeah, a little. I, like, I think I think like a nice seventy-two around there is like super nice weather. Yeah, it is nice weather. Yeah, I just and then like that time of the year is cold for them. But I I think about it in their perspective, right? And I'm like, well, if this is all you knew. This is cold for you, yeah. right? It really is. Well, I mean, it's like, like we're used to these really, really broad extremes. Like you go from 110 sometimes in the summer if it's like really, really hot to like how far below. Oh yeah, We've gone go below into zero. below zero yeah. here multiple it, it, times. It, it's like, like a lot of people in California as well, where it's like they not freak out, but like they're like, oh my god, it's so cold when it's like 64 degrees outside, and it's like that's not even that bad, bro. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like. 
I think nine, 10 degrees is when my brain's like, it's kind of chilly today. Yeah, once it gets into the teens, and as I've gotten older, I get lazier about it and I don't feel like bundling up as much. Oh. Uh, so I kind of feel less hardy, but, and maybe I've spent a lot of time no. now in much more no, pleasant climate. No, when you get older, things change. But <laughs> that's a thing. Yeah, I just, I remember um, Spain was hot and dry. And we were there during the win uh, summer, and I'm, I've never been so consistently hot all the time as I was in Spain. Around what temperature was it? It was over 100 usually, or consistently 100 in the city. But the problem is not every place has air conditioning. Oh, yeah. We Aww. stayed in one Airbnb that didn't have air conditioning. I really, we genuinely thought the kids were going to, like, Melt. get sick. So we would actually take them to the store to get air conditioning oh, a little bit. I was trying to create my own swamp coolers oh, by putting you have to worry about towels over. Yeah, you have to. Um, Spain was uncomfortably hot. Northern France is just always dreary and cold. I don't know why. It just always is. And then Germany's not. Germany wasn't too bad when I was there. And then um, huh. I love I love the UK. If I was going to say anywhere in Europe, mm -hmm. the UK is the best. Mm -hmm. The only problem is expensive. Yeah. And it's one, it's like Seattle, unless you're Heather. Every time she's been to Seattle, it's always lovely. But the reality is Seattle is we unpleasant. should take Heather with us. <laughs> Seattle's always unpleasant. And the UK is like Seattle. When it is sunny, it's amazing. Yeah. But when it's not, it's just, it's dreary. So then those few times you see the sun, we went to Wales when we were stuck in London for a little while. And then we took a road trip to Wales. And all of a sudden, like the sun comes out and we're like, it's so wonderful. <laughs> um, but yeah, the UK is the best. The food there is just, if you are if you like American food, it's like American food plus plus. Mm. I mean, I've heard British food is horrible. It depends. No, see, again, don't eat Haggis. traditional. No, that's Scottish. Actually. Oh. You don't eat, like, blood pudding's not terrible. It's just weird. But, like... A lot of their stuff is like potatoes and fries. Chips. Chips, yeah, exactly. Chips <laughs> are, are fries, crisps are chips. And, <laughs> well, I mean, and that biscuits. Whole thing. Another thing is, I feel, like, I feel like as Americans, we, we've grown up eating so many different, like, cultural foods. Like, cultures of foods that's just like... But then, I don't know, is but it we authentic? Them? No. Yeah, yeah, it's not well, like... Think, well, yeah, that's true. Like, like for, yeah. prime example, uh, Panda Express. Oh, yeah, Panda right. Express is not... Well, like Chipotle, I, th I think I th like I think Chipotle's fucking horrible. I think it's yeah. so bad, especially like really because I think it's a dog shit. I think it's not good, especially as like a Mexican American. It's just like why would I eat that when I just you know go ask my mom or my grandma for some food? Yeah, have them make you a nice burrito. See, and I feel that like I I I have a lot more authentic Chinese food in Malaysia. Um, and then I'd eat Panda Express and I'd be like, it's Panda. weird because... It's Panda, Panda, it's not Chinese. It's it's not Chinese. Like, orange chicken is a very, very diverse thing. Yeah. Like, but, orange chicken... It, like, in some places I've eaten orange chicken, it literally takes, like, you just put oranges on chicken. But there's no other flavor to it, hardly. And it's thought, just like... I feel that Panda Express is very very bland it it's it's actually very salty um and it has a lot of it has a lot of extra flavor i've noticed that like like the more like their fried rice i feel like their fried rice is like it tastes like nothing almost it i don't know i don't, I don't oh know. i do i feel like the fried rice that and the chow mein like really the first starter meals kind of kind of bland Although even the definition of chow mein is different. Technically, yeah. some Chinese people would call that lo mein because it's a soft noodle. Mm -hmm. oh, chow mein yeah. is supposed, supposed to be, to be a, a crispy noodle. Yeah. Oh, really? And so, like, there's even definitions of that. And then even China is very different. I mean, you have, like, Hunan-type influence. Southern Chinese cuisine is different than northern, like, Beijing-type mm -hmm. or something like that. Uh, Chinese cuisine. I, I just... My experience is mostly with southern Chinese stuff but with that they use a lot of salted egg mm -hmm. and it's duck eggs a lot of the time which is just a weird are they good it's... have you had a duck egg yeah, i want to try eggs. one uh they're very hearty 
I don't know how to describe it other than it's just really hardy. I don't know what that means. Not physically hard? No, no, no. No, Just hardy. Like like, substantial. Like Like you eat it and you feel full? No, it just feels more. Like Like dense? Yeah, I don't know. Like imagine. imagine, I I know what you mean. I don't know how to explain hardy though. Yeah, I I don't know. It's just like um, in Thailand, the kids, we made this dessert that was basically this duck egg stuff and the kids... You know, did it, whatever, and it's in this sugar syrup stuff. And I was not a fan of it. The kids actually weirdly liked it. I was surprised. I was worried that they would offend someone because they were at a cooking thing, and I thought, oh, this could go very badly. But they actually liked it, so I was fine. But that was made out of duck eggs, and then a lot of the fried rice is duck eggs, salted egg fried rice type stuff. And it just, it, yeah, I don't know. It just has a different... Flavor, texture. Yeah, it's a different texture. Oh. I don't know what it is. Um, can you buy any duck eggs in the United States? Well, I'm sure you Where can. I think you expensive. can. Uh, yeah, Do you go to, like, they're just the hard Asian to come stores? across. They're darker colored. Do they have them? Aren't they smaller too? Asian. Yeah, stores? they're a little smaller. Yeah, they're, they're smaller. Pretty, they're still pretty comparable size I'm, to a small. That's a new egg. goal. I'm gonna try to find a duck egg. With your eat. allergies. It's it's an it egg. Like I a, can eat an egg. Have the epi standing by. <laughs> <laughs> it's I a duck I though. An egg. I want to eat an ostrich egg. An egg. Oh, I want to try but an ostrich egg. They're impossible good. to break. Are they? I, Do they have a huge? We went to a safari thing one time in California, weirdly, and there was this ostrich eggs that they had. That it was a real ostrich egg, and that thing is that like you would eat. No, no. Oh. It was. I don't know if it, is it legal to eat. I don't eggs? think. Yeah, it, I, 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 I think, think so. Is. There, there is was. It? There used, an, oh, there used to be an there used to be an ostrich farm. There used to be an ostrich farm. There used to be an ostrich farm where I live, and I remember going there one time, and like they had they had the eggs on sale, but they were so expensive, so it's like we didn't well, buy one, of course. Massive, yeah, yeah. Like Joseph said, you could feed a whole family. <laughs> yeah, with just the egg alone. I don't, I don't know what you would. That's do. the new. I didn't even make eggs this morning. I totally forgot to make eggs. Oh that man! Oh no! I was supposed to make eggs too. Um, it's not like we got a full course meal. Yeah. <laughs> Then there's, uh, uh, there's yeah, so there was duck eggs, and then uh, there's also, not quail, but kind of some oh. sort of small bird. What? So random ostrich egg facts. You can eat an ostrich egg in the United States. It's legal, too. But one egg contains 2,000 calories. Oh, you can feed your... actually not that many. Yeah. Really? I think I mean, that's, that's great. Well, that's just, like... Oh, that's all your the meal for the entire day. That's actually less than I would think. Really? Huh. I mean, what's a normal I th- chicken I, egg? I think I mean, that can feed you for a whole day, though, like, calorie-wise. Hard-boil hard, hard a hard an ostrich egg. <laughs> I know. Like a football. And you just eat pieces like eating the a day football. It's like one of those <laughs> unstoppable gobstoppers. Yes. Just trying to, like... Or you, 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 like could, you could make like a giant corn. a giant bowl of ramen with a, a soft boiled ostrich egg. <laughs> you just slice. <laughs> yeah, just slice the egg in half, and then half of oh the egg my. is your bowl. Honestly, it'd be visually like <laughs> intimidating. Intimidating, yeah. So a chicken egg has seventy eight calories. Oh, okay. So, so basically, it's like, like so basically, it's like four mushy cakes is what that is. That is crazy that mushy cakes are that many calories. So many calories. Or or like three of those strawberry sandos. Oh, Oh, yeah. Those things had a lot of calories in this. That was like 700 But that was Japan. Like, American food's probably a lot worse. Let's see if I can find it. American food's higher fat, but not calorie-wise, necessarily. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm thinking, like, someone can go to, like, McDonald's and order as much as they want. Well, okay, if you order, like, a double quarter pounder with cheese and bacon... Yeah, that's probably like that's, 900 calories. Yeah, just two of those and you can feed that 2,000 calorie diet you have. I don't know. I just don't know what that would taste like. All I know is when I first tried veal one time and I noticed the difference in flavor and I'm like, this is still beef. Why the heck does it taste yeah. so different? Yeah. I was like, after that point, I realized I can never like any meat can taste very different mm-hmm. and you got to be very careful. It just depends on how you prepare. And then I had bison one time at a steakhouse in Vegas and tasted Is, like normal steak. Did it feel gamey? Didn't taste that's gamey what, at all? That's what, they, that's what they told me. They warned me. And I was like, well, I'm not paying for this, so yeah, sure, I'll try some bison and see. Yeah. And they're like, and I was careful, like, sure. it's gamey. They're like, gamey. well, it has more of a game, you know, a gamey kind of... It wasn't just gamey. They said it was something else. They said it was this kind of 
flavor and I thought, okay, well, I prepared myself for some weirdo thing. <laughs> And then I ate it. I'm like, this tastes just like beef. What are you yeah, talking about? I, I, I want to try to have... Have you had bison too? No, I had elk oh. the other day. Yeah, and elk, they said elk is really I good. I want to try elk. Like, uh, I my bet mom, elk was better than deer. My, my mom's uh, friend has like... My mom and uh, boyfriend's friend like go, goes hunting a lot and he gave us like a bunch of elk and stuff like that. Mm. And they said that elk is really good. It's just yeah, like, I heard it's, it's really better beef. Good. Yeah, I heard elk's really good. I want to try elk. See, I think advice. deer would probably taste gamey. Yeah. Because but, deer uh, is very grazing. Antelope and pronghorn. Uh, antelope slash pronghorn and, uh, yeah, and deer in U- in Utah. The mule deer, specifically. Mule deer. I heard that the deer on the East Coast is a lot better because it's eating more of the grasses. Yeah, well, there's nothing in the desert that's yeah, pleasant so, for any animal so I to think, eat. I think all of the... I hate sagebrush, so anything that eats sagebrush yeah, to me is an automatic, like I don't want to eat bush. it. I, so. I hate juniper trees and I hate sagebrush. But everyone I've talked to that's hunted and eaten antelope slash pronghorn, they're all like, oh, that stuff's so gamey. So they always make jerky out of it and they dump all the jerky flavoring mm. in it to it, try to like douse the gamey now that i'm thinking about that, it though i don't actually sense. know what gamey tastes like because so, if the bison wasn't gamey then what i taste the elk and yeah, it had this try antelope. it had this very unique flavor that i didn't know what it was <laughs> and i don't know if that was the game i was talking about or that was just because elk tasted like elk, that elk taste but most of most of the time it, elk just tasted like have steak. you ever had veal i have not had veal yeah see veal is beef but it's baby beef yeah it tastes totally different than beef really? it's bizarre i actually really like it but heather gives me grief so i can't eat it anymore because it's cruel i really uh, en- i really enjoy elk elk is like i guess I, elk is just like a better version of beef in my opinion it tastes it tastes better i did like what i ate i just had small steaks from that mm-hmm. and then technically like lamb can be different than lamb is mutton. good mm-hmm. mine's lamb yes oh, yeah, but, but it's older versus younger Oh. And it's usually the type of cut. So wait, is so lamb is like older baby. or younger one? Mutton's the old. It mutton's more just garbage. Oh, sheep too sometimes. I I don't know if they consider it. Uh, I don't know how they dis. It, this, honestly, it depends on which meat organization makes that choice. Like um, we don't eat a lot of that in the United no, States. No, we don't. So. Like lamb's not a thing here. And at then all. in other parts of the no, world, lamb, like the lamb, youth, lamb is a thing here. Yeah, lamb. I no, I know lamb's a lamb. thing, but I'm I saying like we're not connoisseurs of. Which grocery store? You guys get li- lamb chops at Smith's. You, you guys live in Utah, though. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> really? No, I. We, we don't oh, have okay, a lot I'll of sophistication here. Yeah, there's not a lot of selection here. I I wanted to change the course of the conversation a bit mm-hmm. to uh, ask another question to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you. Uh, the way you make this possible, the reason why you're able to travel around the country is because you're able to, uh, both you and your wife, my aunt Heather, are able to like work online and make money yeah, online, remotely, yeah. mobily, in order to stay outside the country and be able to travel around the world yeah. while making a living and pretty much live across the world and occasionally will come back to America. Yeah. But what would you... Well, it's what we used to do. It's what you used to do. Then the oh, yeah. pandemic hit. <laughs> then the yeah. whole pandemic came. But um, if someone was try- wanted to start doing that themselves, what advice would you give them? Uh, I would say this. Number one, the reason we did it was actually financially it was cheaper to live outside of the U.S. Really? Yeah. And you've seen all the places and the things we've done. And some of those, to an extent, were because Heather had hosting because she had her own site and she wrote about it. But in the end, the living stuff, the apartments we lived in, all of that, that is less. We've spent more in the United States in the last year after the pandemic started than we probably did two or three years out of the U.S. And that's including airfare. That's including, you know, all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And... Food was cheaper outside of the U.S. Staying places was cheaper outside of the U.S. Even in the apartments we've been, even in Europe. Um, and, and it's because we lived places we did not tourist. Um, if you go to hotels and, you, you know, you're constantly 
if you live like that, you will spend an exorbitant amount of money. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But when you actually live in apartments that normal people live in apartments and things like that, it's, it's most people's cost of living is less than ours because they don't make as much as we do in mm -hmm. the United States. And so it doesn't take as much money. You know that even in Japan, our apartments in Japan, depending on where you would go, would actually be cheap. In Osaka, mm -hmm. our apartments in Osaka were so cheap. Yeah. I mean, we had two or three bedroom apartments sometimes, and they would be like maybe 800 bucks a month. That's pretty that's cheap. That's Osaka. And that's, that could be split among yeah. people, too. And that's what they were set up to do. We were doing that just as one family, but technically it could have been split up. Uh -huh. And so, um, you know, even this, you know, like, food-wise comparison, Japan's food prices were not... I actually felt like they were cheaper. I spent less money eating yeah. in Japan than I did. I feel you like eat they, out in Japan. Yeah. That I did... I. The but, only place we ever ate out in was McDonald's, and we only got their deals because that was the only yeah, time it was cheap. Yeah, and McDonald's isn't, like, cheap in Japan. But, like, if you just go to, like, the convenience store, right? Like, Kobe, the 7, yeah, 7-Eleven, yeah, like, I remember you could get, like, a whole meal for, like, 230 well, like, yen, so, you like, get, $2.30. You get some, or, or you combine, like, say, some life food with a little bit of something. I mean, you get, uh -huh. like, a, a pack of udon and some mami and, and, and maybe some... Uh, if you want some more protein or something, you get some tofu or natto uh, or something. I remember, some I remember when we all went for your um, Japanese exchange, yeah, language course, and we were in Machia. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The the um, grocery store that was at the train station. Yeah, uh, yeah. What is it called? Uh, as. Uh, what is it called? Asahi? No. No. Af Ah. Oh, what is oh, it? Oh my so gosh. Ah. Akafudado. No, Aca yeah, that sounds right. Was it that? Akafudado? Yeah, I, I think it might have yeah. been. Was I right? Yeah. I, 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 I was so. just throwing at. They had dollar sushi rolls. Yeah. A whole roll whole of roll. sushi. And for just a dollar. For a dollar. Well, see, and, and the thing <laughs> is, is, and like, this is the way it was, like Heather and I in Osaka, we would buy our rice and we would cook it mm -hmm. instead of buying the pre-made ones. Mm -hmm. That cut our cost. cost a lot more. We, it, it just absolutely slashed the cost of food all of a sudden because you could buy a huge 20-pound or 10-pound bag of rice for like a couple bucks. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the funny thing is Japanese people are very picky about their rice. Mm -hmm. We were fine. The cheapest bargain basement rice we could get we we thought it was amazing mm -hmm. <laughs> because and and now we desperately try to find that here in the U.S. So we buy only imported Japanese rice because I can't stand cow rows at all. It's <laughs> yeah. just not uh, the same. I mean, I agree. I, it, it it's totally different. It's not the same, but I'm fine with and cow I rows. I will I will pay the extra. But the point is, like we would do that, and it was just cheap. See, like to us. Even the worst, like you said, dollar sushi rolls at Akafudado, uh, most Japanese would go like, oh, that's cheap, poor people food. No. But to us, it's like, that's better than that's sushi the, you get here. Yeah, that's yeah. what I've heard is that, like, sushi from, like, fresh. this, like, even from, like, a, a train station in Japan is yeah. better than, like... Yeah, exactly. It's actually uh, like, fresh fish, you know like what I mean? Were, and they got it that day probably you at Tsukiji or something at like that. Or Masayo's. It was you, me, and Naya, right? That were at Masayo's. Uh, the, yeah. When she got the ramen. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was she got she got this ramen. Experience. She got ramen, and she's like, "Oh, it's not the best place. It is the best ramen Naya and I have ever had, still to this day. <laughs> it was the greatest ramen I've ever had in my life." And she's like, "It's not the best ramen." I'm like, "This isn't the best. It's the what's, best ramen I've ever. What's had. the best ramen? Yeah, would the I best pass ramen out from it being yeah. so amazing? Whenever, whenever uh, Japan reopens and we do end up going, Joe, as yeah, like, we're yeah. Go. yeah, yeah, we're gonna go. we end up going, I'm probably gonna spend a lot of money eating. Yeah, yeah, seriously, they have wonderful. That's ramen. really all you want to spend your money doing. Because there's you really go nothing out. else. I mean, honestly, well, like Joseph remembers, you can go see plenty of things for free. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you can. No, we gotta go. We gotta, go to Universal, we gotta go to Universal Studio Japan. That's in Osaka. Oh, we we really? lived right near there. Huh? Really? Yeah. I actually, been Heather some, actually uh, went through the city contents. walk because she was bored one day and she rode the train down there. Hmm. But it's just right over there near Bentencho, just north of it. But uh, the tallest skyscraper in Japan is actually in Osaka. It's not Tokyo Skytree. No, it's well, that's not a skyscraper. That is yeah, a, not a skyscraper. tower. Yeah. But, oh, okay. um, it's the uh, oh crap, Harukas 300, oh. 300 meters tall. 
300 it meters. doesn't look that tall though because it's like the sears tower they kind of made it big and chunky oh yeah and so it doesn't look that tall but it towers over osaka like mm. crazy is there any other buildings around it that compared to it no it's, no it's, it's really just towers tall. yeah it's okay. just a tall building and then they have this awesome mall there and yeah osaka is actually a really laid-back city i actually thought it was really nice i found that i like tokyo but oh, it's so cheap yeah, mm-hmm. I want to go to Osaka. Osaka's cheap? Yeah. yeah. Comparatively. It is. And they're a lot more, at least before the pandemic, they were a lot more... Uh, Japan started legalizing officially Airbnbs, but you had to get, like, you know... You have to get licensure, and, and you have to fill Osaka, out Osaka was a lot easier to do, and everyone was doing it. So there were so many places, and it drove the price down. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know... Uh, that's what helped partially but yeah going back to your whole thing you said um it was cheaper for us to live out of the country and that's why we did every time we set foot back in the united states two things would happen we spent more money and we always had fraud on our cards really every time i came back to this country i would always end up having to cancel a card and get my money back from a fraudulent transaction just every time really yeah i would live years outside of the country and I would be using my debit cards in Indonesia and in Malaysia and Croatia in you know, Eastern Europe, uh, you know, Austria, all over the place. Never a problem. And, and you could say that maybe it was stolen or skimmed somewhere else. But timing-wise, I come back to the U.S. and within a month, I've got to cancel a card because all of a sudden someone's tried to run a transaction. So it was a transaction. So it's... That means that someone took your card they or probably information. They probably skimmed it, yeah. But usually, I feel it's usually a gas pump. So, so I stopped getting gas at gas pumps. Oh. I now go inside. Oh. I go inside and use the thing because oh. it's a lot harder to skim a transaction there. But I see. But that's a whole other subject. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. a whole that's security another. about that. Yeah, but I, I want to talk about cybersecurity. Oh. But anyway, yeah, it's a... Uh, what was... So we so we lived out of the country because it was just affordable, mm-hmm. and then basically that meant that we didn't have to work as much, mm-hmm. and we didn't have to do as much stuff. And then we homeschooled the kids, and so you know it gave us time to be able to do that, and it was a good experience for them. Um, to get started, I mean, ultimately what it comes down to is you have to adjust. I feel the most effective thing for that is you will not live like you do in the U.S. Mm-hmm. That has to be the number one thing. You have to be flexible. And Heather and I talk about this all the time. You have to be adaptable and flexible. That's the key. Because otherwise you will be miserable. Yeah. Mm. Um, and you have to always plan ahead. That was the one thing that I did find exhausting. You're always thinking two countries ahead. Mm. You're like, I have three months without having to apply for a visa in Europe. Then I have to leave Europe and go somewhere else. Where will I go? Mm-hmm. What's the cost there like? What's the flights like? What's what's the, you know, do I need to know languages? Do I need to learn something else? You know, um, there's just a lot of, is it safe? Is it stable? Is it, you know, even when we were in Europe, uh, you know, there are strikes all the time mm-hmm. in Spain and France. Mm-hmm. And I've been there when there have been protests in Paris before. And, and it's unnerving when you have reports that you know taxi drivers are throwing burning tires onto freeways you know and yeah uh, you got entire sections of paris closed off because people are marching through it protesting something you know so um it you kind of try you have to stay ahead of all those things and it's the reason why i i stayed ahead of covid and i came back to the u.s because i was like I can't stay in out any longer and so we came back but it's really good they came back when you did yeah too, and they closed and i was monitoring covid back in 2019 you know at the end of the year mm-hmm. when it first came up and i talked with sakura mm-hmm. about it i talked with my dad about it you know and that's the kind of thing you have to do if you want to be successful with it you know you've got to always be looking ahead it helps to have a buffer if you work for yourself, your income's going to go up and down. There's going to be days or periods of time um, where, you know, uh, you'll be busy traveling or something and you'll have to be able to have something that allows you to be flexible. Um, you know, it's it's got its own set of challenges. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
But then again, soda's just sitting around yeah, in the suburbs here in the United States. Yeah, it yeah. definitely yeah. has its own challenges. So it's just the different ta- yeah very I, different challenges that I you think, take on. Yeah, I think I think that's what it is. Again, like I said, you you know you uh, you just kind of have to be adaptable. That's you have to be adaptable. Like you have to know that you're not then, gonna, and you also have to be ready to and walk then, around. Yeah, and then you have to have yeah. like something prepared to. I like, have experience of walking. I remember. A lot. <laughs> What was it? We landed in Japan and we didn't have any actual cash. Yes. Yes. And for oh, the yeah. first time I didn't I usually I usually carry a decent amount of cash. No, but it's hard to get it's hard to get international I, currency in the United yeah. States. Mm-hmm. So so I can't remember what it was, but I think we couldn't actually use the ATM because like certain banks in the United States don't allow you to and your unless bank, you call. Yeah, your and credit mine didn't, didn't, so I didn't have cash, but you need cash to get on the train. You can't use a card to get... You can't use, you a, can't card. use a credit card in Japan to get on a train. And so we only had a certain amount of actual yen <laughs> to actually get a certain place. And that's what it was, wasn't it? Yeah. And then we had to, I had to call the credit union, and of course it's like 14 hours difference. Well, I remember we landed one day ahead of you. Yeah. And I found that out the hard way. Yeah. And so then I had to figure out which card I could use and all that. And then when you came, I told you, I was like, okay, so here's the scoop. Yeah. You can't do this. And so then you were freaking out. You're like, oh, I don't know. What are we going to do? Yeah. And and it was it was stressful. The funny is, thing is, every time I go back sequentially, it, it gets easier yeah, each time. Yeah, it gets time. easier because you learn from I still have my Suikas. And Suikas work in I still have anywhere. our Suikas. Mm. Yeah. I still have our suikas. Because technically, Osaka is part of JR West, not JR East. And oh, then okay. just a heads up but for anyone suika who's works. listening, suika cards are the Japanese train cards. That they, get you on the Yeah, train. you basically yeah. load them up with, with a certain amount. Cash. With Japanese cash. cash. Yes. <laughs> it has to be cash. It has to be cash. Yeah. And then you uh, you just tap the thing at the, the, at the station. Yeah, it's, station. It's also cheaper than buying a ticket. Yeah. You save money every time mm-hmm. you do it. It is so much more convenient. And then kids are free up to an age, and they're cheaper up to a certain age. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely good to use that way. But they are a pain to get if you're a foreigner. Uh, you have to sign up, and you have to get them, and show them your passport and all this kind of stuff. But Yeah. Um, but yeah, flexibility is the most important mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. Um, you've got to be... You got to be flexible with the food you eat. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're not going to get Kraft macaroni and cheese everywhere. No, or of you course could. not. I guess I should say this. Oh. You can, but guess what? It's going to cost you a fortune. Yeah. So yeah. Because we would in, we would buy. It's usually imported from Mexico, weirdly. Huh. But uh, we would get Kraft macaroni when we felt homesick in Malaysia. But it would cost like two or three, three or four dollars a box. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then the butter is more expensive and the milk is more expensive. Yeah, so things so, that you're used to. Like, for instance, yeah. one thing I got, like, homesick on when I was in Japan, and it was only, like, two and a half months, was oatmeal. Because mm-hmm. I used to eat plain oatmeal every day at work. <laughs> and so I, like, craved oatmeal. And I was like, I just want some oatmeal. So then I finally find, find it in Kawasaki Yeah. at a grocery store, a big grocery store and i'm like oh there's quaker oatmeal and i look at the price and it's like 10 i'm like, like i don't bucks, i don't want to spend a little tiny box here you could get oatmeal you I know mean, you get by a huge a obscene huge amount for amount like a, for a couple dollar bucks. two dollars at the most and then in japan i'm You're like 10 bucks one little packets. tiny packet yeah. you know box i'm like ten dollars i don't think i need it that bad <laughs> so and this is what I always would tell. This is what I told uh, Isaac and uh, Trevor, too, when we were in Japan that one time. I'm like, if you try to eat like an American, it's going to cost a fortune. Yeah. yeah I tried to tell I remember cereal You have to expensive. eat local. Yeah, and that was what it was. Yeah. It's like, if you eat American, it's a fortune. And that's basically the rule of thumb everywhere in the world. If, if you, you eat American, it's expensive. Yeah. If I you feel eat like, local, it's cheap. I feel like, why would you eat American when you're in another country, though? Because a lot of people, and and I think that's really goes so, to the adaptability. Yeah, mm-hmm. a lot of and Americans are not meant to live in other countries. They're meant to visit. Yeah, they yeah. want other countries to come to yes. us, and then we, like, you know, kind of change that. Around. I think just I think just eating a bunch of different things is so enjoyable. I don't understand yeah. why, why you wouldn't just eat. But 
That's because you're also more interested in travel too, though. That's the reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah there's so a, you, and... you instinctively, you got to think about it. A lot of people are very comfortable with certain things they eat, mm-hmm. and they might want to try something. But then all of a sudden, if you go day to day, it's like, well, I want to eat cereal for breakfast, or I want to eat this for lunch, or you know, I want a sandwich, and it's like. But sandwiches aren't cheap here. Yeah. Why don't you do something with rice? And it's or like, like the sushi rolls that are a dollar. <laughs> yeah. Or I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I, I saw I saw that Costco Japan has like you can get like a sashimi platters yeah. like fifty pieces of sashimi oh. for like. Oh yeah, Sakura never went to the Costco. Yeah, Sakura, you went. Did you? Yeah, go to I went to. The yeah, yeah. Costco. Joseph went to us. We went to one Costco one time. Weirdly, our membership actually worked at the time. <laughs> yeah, they Costco. say that it should. First of all, work. milk was way cheaper there. And then it was anywhere else. And it was 3.5% milk fat. So it was basically like whole milk plus it was so creamy. Japanese milk is so good. (laughs) I actually think French whole milk is better. Well, I haven't been to France. I I actually think French whole milk is the best milk I've had. Heather, I think, oh, and the best chocolate milk is British chocolate milk. Oh, okay. Flat out, British chocolate milk. Okay. but anyway, yeah, like the Costco, just massive platters, like twenty bucks no. of just like just this yeah. fresh sushi, <laughs> Holy like, like whole thing. Well, that's I would I would probably live off that sushi. Dakota, Dakota, <laughs> when we go to Japan, we gotta go to the problem Costco. is. That's what I want to do the so only, bad. The only just like Costco's here in the U.S., nobody goes to Costco and buys a thing. Everybody buys a ton. bulk in bulk. So no, you can't, then, how do you get that home on the train? You're totally, Tacona's on one side, I'm on the other side, and we're and holding just a giant train. party platter in a train. And, yeah, every, and then we're going to go back, and we're going to go, we're gonna so go back, away, and we're going to eat the whole thing. Uh, They're uh, not in city go. centers. And then we'll go back. Wait. Like Joseph knows, we took three trains to get to that Costco. Yeah, it was That's okay. It was a in the long middle of nowhere. Both of us holding each side of the platter on we each go, train. Go back to Costco every day to get. I'm like, Dakota, you want sashimi? He's like, yeah, okay. <laughs> oh, so, anyway. but um, the one thing I just want to ask one final question, just to like oh, wrap it up. <laughs> I know. I didn't know you had so many. So. What was what was the turning point for you guys that like made you make the jump to decide to move into another country? Or is it does that kind of wrap into the same question as before? You mean to come back or to no to, to go do it. to do it and like did you um, plan ahead of time saying that you're gonna you're gonna be gone for you like know a what? couple years? We started traveling in the U.S. a lot more, um, and then once you reach so many states, I mean Heather and I've been to all but maybe ten states. I think something like that. I can't remember the exact number. It's something like that. Mm-hmm. We've been to most of the East Coast. We've been to all of the Midwest and, and the all the West and things like that. Um, and once you go to all those states, and, and, you know, obviously I'm half Japanese, so I've been to Japan before, you kind of realize, I mean, you know there's more. And at a certain point, you just kind of start to go, well, let's go see what something else is. The first international trip we took was, uh, Sakura came with us, and we went to Colombia. Mm-hmm. Now, we were so, so amateur and green there. Oh my gosh, that was a stressful situation. It was difficult. We did not do enough planning ahead. There was a lot of things we learned. Um and then we just kind of get got you get better and better at it. You just get more pro at it. And then at some point, you guys, we just we started just kind of going out, and then we'd realize that it was affordable, and um, that we could basically live somewhere else and just do that instead of having to be here. And we could go do all sorts of other cool stuff. And see things. So So it's like curiosity coupled with like uh, the uh, curiosity of exploring to new different cultures, environments, plus the fact that you realize it was a lot cheaper to. Yeah, and and I mean, I stupidly, I grew up playing Civilization, and Mm -hmm. there were wonders of the world in Civ. Yeah. And so I was like, well, if I'm gonna go out in the world, I'm gonna go see these wonders of the world in real life. So, like, you know, every country I would go to that I could that was a world wonder in the Civ version through all the versions, I went and saw a world wonder. 
Um, I saw Himeji this last time I was in Osaka. And uh, when I went and when I was in Europe, uh, we did our European road trip. And, you know, I saw Mont Saint-Michel. Uh, I've been to the Louvre, uh, you know, um, Versailles. Uh, Angkor Wat. Angkor Wat. I went to that and kept... That no, cost, no. like, almost nothing. Yeah. And see, that's an example. I took a day trip to Angkor Wat from Kuala Lumpur. My round trip cost was about $150 in airfare for one person mm-hmm. to fly from Kuala Lumpur to Simrep, which is where Angkor Wat is. Uh, my hotel was a... And I splurged and got the air conditioning room. It was a family hostel. And it was my own room and everything. It cost me like 20 bucks. Included one meal um, that was decent. You know, they made it there. Uh-huh. And the most expensive thing was the entry fee, I would say, to Angkor Wat was like 35 bucks or something oh, like I didn't that. Know so it was like about feet. 50 bucks just to yeah. do and, that whole and thing. And basically, I went to Angkor Wat and I, I just did that. Unfortunately, I crammed it into one day because then we flew to Bali the next I met with the rest of the family in Kuala Lumpur and, and we flew to Bali. But uh, I just felt like I needed to go see it while I had the chance to. But... It, it was so affordable. Yeah. And and it was the same reason. We flew to Bali, all four of us. I think it only cost like 400 bucks a round trip. You know? That's such a good um, deal. And so, uh, you know, that, that goes to show you. it's It was just more the fact that there was just things I wanted to see and things I wanted to do. And then you couple that with, we're here, why as well? You know, I went and saw the Brandenburg Gate, you know, uh, you know stuff like that. Uh, we, we saw Venice. Uh, because And that was because of the kids. We, because we homeschool, we're like, look, write a report on some place in Europe and we'll go to that place as a field trip. Naya chose a place in Switzerland and Hunter chose Venice. That is so insane. we went to like, Venice and Switzerland. You know? I always think that, you told me that story and before. Yet, I think that that's crazy. was cheaper still than when Just I went to being... California this last time. I mean, our European road trip and I, I drove across like a ton of countries. So again, obviously you can spend more money, but... If you plan it, and if you if you're flexible, then it can be very affordable. And and uh, you know if it's affordable, it means that you have a lot of options in terms of what you do for work to be able to do it. Um, you know, uh, the main thing is you just either you save up or you have to find something that you can do that you can do, you know, remotely. Mm-hmm. But again. Flexibility is the way with that too. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of jobs that you can try to be as flexible as possible. With there's a lot of the shift right now economically is people moving towards more and more, you know, separating out from traditional office work or something like that. So that's hmm. one good thing that came from COVID. That that came from COVID. Yeah, that's, that's actually one thing that I'm like, oh my goodness, people are more okay with people working from different locations. I mean, we had the ability to for how many years now with like mm. internet technology, and now it's becoming but now more it's more like okay, present and we're people at... are more like, oh, I guess it's more okay because this person got this done. You're like, well, that was always a possibility. Yeah, <laughs> and you're saying you just didn't trust your employee. <laughs> yeah, you save time on like commission as well as like, I mean. Yeah, commute. 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 That's one of the yeah, words. Yeah, time and time, money. Time and money for yeah. yeah, so it could, you could just hop on, clock in like from your computer and just start doing whatever you need to do. Yeah, so I mean, like I said, I, I think, uh, you know, it's, it, it's really just a matter of, you know, your expectations about it just need to be, uh, you know, reasonable in the sense that you're not going to be staying in hotels all the time. Which is fine. I mean, that's exhausting. You mm-hmm. know, uh, we've done that before. There was a period of time the cheapest thing to stay in in London was a hotel at the Heathrow Airport. We stayed there for like ten days straight. Mm-hmm. That is difficult. Yeah, and there's no kitchenette. Yeah. So, and the only grocery store is in the Heathrow Airport in a different terminal, and you literally have a train subway system to get from one terminal to another. So you, you have to go down below and then take a train and then come up and... Well, I mean, one time Naya, my daughter, ate uh, noodles that had been heated up in... They were already pre-cooked, but they were reheated in 
a warm water bath the from sink. the sink. Yeah. Not in the sink, but from the sink. Yeah. Like Cody running over it. What the? And then cream cheese uh, sauce. Cream cheese sauce. That's actually not a bad that idea. Was, that was her. That was her dinner one time. We're like, well, that was because uh, she was tired of everything else, and so it was huh. like, okay, well, if you want to try that, we'll try that. But you know, there's that's that speaks to the challenge. Yeah, <laughs> said yeah. the flexibility. Um, Being able to adapt to yeah, you're like you're thrown into brand and, and new obviously we could have spent more, but you know, we saved a ton not having to buy food at the restaurant or anything like that so yeah. you know well stuff like that anyone else got any more questions uh no i'm good Dakota? i'm okay <laughs> you're okay <laughs> all right well i think we'll have to wrap this up uh but we we went way over our time mark uh but i really, I really like this podcast I really think we what? should split it into to, holy shit I can speak English I really think we should need to split it into two episodes I think it'd be really good yeah, yeah possibly so yeah um uh is there anything that you want to like shout out or like any projects you're working on or anything that you want our viewers t- uh or listeners to like reach out not reach out but like um, cross contribute to you no there's really nothing interesting that anyone would be interested in everything I do is business to business so oh, okay there's nothing hugely whatever my son's thinking oh about making I'm gonna games, speak but... up for him so they are planning a trip in uh, oh, yeah. April what about shout out your wife's blog? So I'm going to shout out that that's what's happening. Okay. That's what's up and coming. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I I'm do bringing that up because I'm going to the East Coast. Well, I'm not doing the road trip. That'd be kind of nice. That'd be so pretty cool. That's what's up and coming. In I want to go road. to, uh, uh, yeah, I want to take the kids. It's the closest I can get to Japan right now. It's Cherry Blossom Festival in D.C. Oh, yeah. D.C. Yeah. And um, I want to take the kids back to the Smithsonian's. We've been there before, but now they're older and they're much more interested in that i want to go back to new york because it's been a while it is Mm -hmm. bangkok is like the new york of southeast asia it's dirty it's loud it's in your (laughs) face it's crazy but it's just so alive yeah Yeah. say that so shout out to bangkok (laughs) shout out to bangkok it's not for everybody hope to make it there one day (laughs) just maybe Um, with a respirator yeah you would definitely need it it's just so polluted um but yeah, we'll be doing that. Okay. Other than that, I don't know. Um, well, hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast. We might split it up into two episodes, so this might be part two. But uh, hope you all enjoyed listening, and uh, love to have you on. Yeah, thanks. It's it's yeah. been fun. It's great having you on, and then um, yeah. These conversations were uh pretty cool. <laughs> I, I definitely like it. All right. Uh, see ya. Thanks for listening. Bye.